the blast from our past network. Hey, this is Mark Rolston from Shawshank Redemption, Aliens, The Departed, Rush Hour, and Survival Quest. You're listening to Podcasting After Dark. Supernatural, Halloween, Exploitation, Slashers, and everything in between. Welcome to the Podcasting After Dark Watch List, the show where a guest chooses a topic and the hosts, along with the guest, discuss their top five favorites. Light a candle, hide your Ouija board, and enjoy the Podcasting After Dark Watch List. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Podcasting After Dark Watchlist. I am one half of the pad team, Corey, a.k.a. Sleazy C. And in the hot seat this week is my brother from another mother up in the great white north, Tim from Talking Back, a.k.a. Uh, what, was, what did you guys say? Uh, Mario Manis? Uh, 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 Mario, no, you you would be Mario Mario Manis, whereas uh, Dean is, is, is Luigi Mario Manis. Anyways, listen to their uh, Super Mario Brothers episode and you'll get the joke. Tim from Talking Back, what's up, buddy? Nice, nice, man. Uh, thank you. Yeah, what is up? Thanks for having me on the watch list again. Very excited to be back. Um... Yeah, looking forward to this one. Thanks for tossing yes. this my way. We, yes. We've never met before, but I feel like you know me so well, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I have listened to a lot of your podcasts, uh, uh, almost every episode at this point. And uh, so, yeah, that does tend to uh, allow me to know you very, very well. And good the point. reason for that is, which is good, is, uh, as we know, as you guys heard on the last watch list that I did with John Spees, um, I'm going through and doing my stuff this time because when we do watch lists, usually um, I allow the guest to, to pick it. Uh, that way, just kind of, just kind of in, encourage a more lively conversation because I want the guest to talk about something they're passionate about. But it kind of lends itself to me, Corey, not actually getting to do watch lists of things that I want to do. So I'm going through a tear through the BFOP network, and I'm trying to pair up the perfect person that I think would be great for these topics. Now, John, I think, was perfect for uh, guns because he, he knows his stuff. And listening to Tim talk specifically on like your Star Trek episodes and everything uh, for Talking Back, I figured you would be great for this, our top five sci-fi spaceships. I guess it's redundant to say sci-fi in there, but our top five spaceships from sci-fi movies. So I thought you would be great for this, my friend. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a ton of fun. At first, I was thinking, oh, I'm probably only going to be able to pull a few spaceships out. Like, I've got the ones I love and, and I know. And then I started to do some research. I wanted to make sure I kind of hit on all the, the spaceships that are out there. And then, as usual with one of these watch lists, is my list becomes way too long. And then it's, oh, which which... Which ship has a, a better spot in my heart? <laughs> you know, you got to make yeah. the heart call on these. So uh, <laughs> I had what a, it all boils down to, right? Oh, totally. I had an awesome time making this list. And yeah, you know, I, I do really love spaceships. There were some deep cuts I probably could have pulled out, but it's not going to be fun for 
you know, probably the majority of people listening to hear me rant about possibly a spaceship they've never heard before. So I tried to keep these a little bit more mainstream, uh, but they're still all ships I love, all ships that um, I think people will know about and uh, probably have feelings for one way or another. So this is this is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, no, dude, I I can't wait. And uh, before before we jump into it, though, can you uh, just tell everybody out there what Talking Back is all about? What what do you and uh, your brother Dean do all the time over there every week on Talking Back? Yep, every week we're talking movies, comics, video games, or something else. It's all retro content. We might have the odd thing from a year or two ago, but it's it's mostly all retro. And we just love talking about these um, these different topics. Uh, I'm I'm a huge nerd for all those genres. Uh, I love all that stuff. Been watching movies, reading comics, you know, playing video games since I was five or six years old, and I've been doing it my whole life. Um, not trying to say I'm a genius at it. I just have a lot of experience and love to love to talk about it. Uh, Dean and I used to just get together and chat about this type of stuff. So we thought, hey, let's let's hit record. Uh, let's release every week. And we do it because we love it. We're not, you know, we're not trying to really get anything out of it other than, you know, we're just having a lot of fun. So I think that helps us, um, you know, put out some really fun and kind of lighthearted content. Yeah. No, you. it's funny because... Adam and I were just talking on Cartwright about how it's cool that like we have three movie podcasts on our network and yet we all sort of touch on different movies. Like we all have different styles and and, like what we like and everything. And it's fun to see all the different dynamics. And as someone who listens to your show, I listen to Blast from Our Past and everything. You guys are brothers. uh, uh, Adam and John are brothers. Um, But it's, it's interesting to see how like sort of also the brother dynamic sort of affects the other person's viewing habits and stuff it's just (laughs) it's a lot of fun man and you and you and dean have a great dynamic um i do have to say though can i ask officially and this is as a fan of talking back what is older brother's name because you always refer to him as quote (laughs) unquote older brother sure sure older brother older brother's that's a great question by the way older brother's name is kevin Kevin. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't even know what I was thinking in my head. It doesn't match up in my head, but I've heard of as older brother, like a million times. And it occurred to me, I was like, what the hell is his actual name? Yeah, no, we've never mentioned it before. So here, this is a, this is a spoiler right here on, uh, on the, the pad watch list. You get to know older brother's name. We have we have a talking back exclusive here. Exactly. <laughs> totally. Get this wow. behind a paywall, quick. <laughs> uh, so yeah, guys and gals, if you listen to me on the regular, uh, either here or Cartwright, then you know how much I adore talking back podcasts. So I hope by now you're listening to Tim and Dean. Uh, if not, I hope that this will help you uh, push you in that direction. Uh, if not, we're also going to have Dean on uh, soon as well for another watch list as well. So, uh, like I always say, check out Talking Back. Those guys are crushing it. Um, sci-fi spaceships. Again, we don't need the sci-fi, do we? <laughs> it's oh, well, no, I think, well, I mean, there's, there's, fan- I've seen fantasy spaceships before. So True. I think it's okay. fair. I okay. think it's a good call. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Well, before we jump in, uh, I'll just explain it to everybody out there if this is their first time listening. Um, but what we, how we do it here at the watch list, uh, basically, if Tim and I have, usually it's the same movie, but here, 
it's going to be the same franchise. If we have a, sh a ship from the same franchise, we will discuss it when we get to the lower number, a.k.a. higher on the list. So if Tim has something from Star Trek at number four and I have something from Star Trek at number two or something, we will discuss it at my number two spot. It all makes sense when we do it, but the point is, is that we want to talk about that franchise as a whole because once we start talking about it, we'll just you know pretty much keep going with it. So Yeah, basically just keep listening. That's, yeah. all, that's all the listeners need to do. That's all you got to do. I don't know why I explain it every time. Not that anyone cares. It's more for you and me. But uh, yeah. all right, dude, I'm excited. Uh, as always, I will let you start off with your number five. Okay. All right. Let's do it then. My first ship comes complete with a two-seat cockpit, a kitchenette, a fire hydrant, a TV... A periscope, an infrared scanner, and a bumper sticker that says, I love Uranus. <laughs> I know exactly what it says. <laughs> often, it's a good call, my friend. <laughs> often considered the next best thing to the Millennium Falcon, number five on my list is the Eagle Five from Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> so good, dude. Oh, that's a good one, buddy. That is classic. Uh, and honestly, at this point, that is iconic as well. It is, yeah. And I just like it's might that's probably the weirdest one that's gonna be on my list because you know, it dude, it's a flying Winnebago. It's hilarious, <laughs> <laughs> right? But it is it's a classic vehicle. Like you can you can show people a picture of that, they're gonna know what it is. And like if you're gonna cruise around the galaxy, you may as well do it in comfort, right? Like that's the way to I, I go. Mean, I mean, you know, when you think about it, the Millennium Falcon was essentially a space Winnebago also. I mean, it's just a a, a, a truck with, with a lot of, you know, sleeping areas and stuff, essentially. Yeah, basically, right? Um, yeah. I just, I think the whole idea is a really great idea. I think they really executed on the idea really well. And I just, I love, I just love seeing that ship. It's just because it's attached to this super fun movie. Anytime yeah. I see that ship, I just get these warm fuzzies because of how much fun Spaceballs is, you know? Uh, if you saw that as a kid, that was just a hilarious piece of, of you know, filmmaking uh, for the time. And yeah, this one, this one did bump something else out of the fifth spot. And I moved it because I'm pretty sure it's going to be on your list. And I didn't want to have any overlap, but we'll see if, if that, if what I'm thinking of doesn't make your list, we'll make a mention of it. But this was a bit of a tie, but I went with, I went with the Eagle Five. I wanted to nice. give some respect to this, this ship and to Spaceballs. For maybe some people that listening that aren't as into sci-fi as maybe you and I are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, I've got no problem with it whatsoever. Uh, the criteria is it flies in space, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and, it's, and you know, and just a caveat that it's attached to a fantastic movie. That one that I yeah. saw in the theater. Did Did you see Spaceballs in the theater? No, I did not. Nope. Okay, well, what year was that? Do you remember? Was that like 88 or something like that? 89? Maybe even a bit earlier. I feel like I probably didn't go to see it because I was maybe a bit too young to be going to the theater. I don't know. I'll go 87. You are correct, my friend. Ding, ding, ding. So then you were you were my age, right? In 87. I'm, yeah, we're so the we, same age. Yeah, you were, so you were nine. I think my dad just took me to see it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really... Yeah, my dad wasn't really taking me to stuff. So, and then again, like back back in those days, it's really hard to learn about things coming out, right? Like without the internet and stuff like that, it's all 
you, you might get the the odd like uh, TV commercial for something, depending on how many marketing dollars they're putting behind it, or it's just word of mouth from your friends. But uh, yeah, or you, actually, you'd probably see posters in the movie theater, right? You go to see something else, then you see one of these big posters for all the mo- the new movies coming out next. But a little bit tougher to you know get around to seeing stuff right off the bat. It's more word of mouth. And that's how it was for me as a kid, because when I saw Predator with my dad, again, too young uh, in the theater, but I didn't know it was at the time where like, I didn't know that a sort of a movie, like, I didn't know anyone knew about it. I thought you just sort of walk to the theater. You just sort of point like, I want to see that. You don't really know what's coming. Um, Yeah, it's it's an it's interesting now versus then also, too, because I've really taken a huge step back from watching trailers i mean the the eternals trailer dropped today and i have no interest because i'm gonna see the movie no matter what it doesn't matter so i really don't feel the need to watch trailers anymore because they're just gonna ruin shit anyways right right i think i think terminator genesis was the worst trailer for that ever made because it ruined the entire movie but um so the funny thing is is that you kind of Threw a curveball uh, for your, you know, your number five, uh, you know, a curveball being that it's, you know, it's a Winnebago with two wings on it, essentially. Yeah, it's and, a bit uh, of a curveball, bit of a curveball. A little bit, but it's perfect because I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball as well. This quote unquote space vehicle can go into that category because it does go in space, but it is from 1985's The Explorers, and I am talking about the thunder road baby that little ship that they build out of spare amusement park uh stuff you know parts and everything the the main shell of it is one of those spinny uh ride thingies and they they oh, you know, okay. if you've seen the explorers uh, they put this 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 uh this ship together um because have have you seen the explorers tim i don't think i've seen the explorers oh shoot it, wait, okay. is it is it live action yeah, it's live action. It's uh, 1985. It's with Ethan Hawke, <laughs> freaking River Phoenix, uh, and basically a bunch of kids get this um, out of sort of out of space. They get this idea. They get this dream on how to build um, something that creates a force field, a, a circular force field around anything. And then it becomes pressurized and everything. And what they do is they build this. It's kind of like like a, a piecemeal, um, you know, uh, circular egg-looking thing with lights and everything on it. But you know, it, it, they can fly into space in it. And as a kid, I used to love the hell out of that uh, out of that thing. Um, I don't know if you, uh, yeah, if you've no, seen... I'm looking at it now. Um, there's yeah. a there's a garbage can as part of it. Yep, garbage, garbage can is, is part of it, and they can kind of like they created doors on it, so they can kind of go in it. And like I said, it's not technically a spaceship because it's only being powered by this force field that they make. But as a and they but they do go into space. But as a kid, this is what you were talking about earlier. I had to let my heart uh, uh, decide on this one because I had a more proper spaceship in my number five spot that I'll probably talk about when we do our bonuses uh, if you don't hit it. Um, and I was like, but I love this movie so much as a kid. I wanted, specifically, I wanted this thing. Again, I don't know how to call it. It's not a spaceship, but I wanted this little thing because it just looks so damn cool. And I just, I love the hell out of it. And spoiler alert, if you ever see it, they also go in space and they meet aliens and stuff too. It's a, it's a wild kids movie, dude. It's really freaking cool. 
I'm really surprised that I've never even heard of this before, uh, let alone not I, seen it. Uh, I, but that, I guess go back to your previous conversation about not not seeing movies or not knowing about movies without the internet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that ship looks awesome. I think just you know after a quick look at it, I can kind of see maybe why you were like attracted to this because it looks like something they built out of stuff from their basement. There's like a TV, a computer monitor, a garbage can. Um, if I was watching that, I'd feel like that's something that me and my friends could make and we could go off into outer space. So, yep. and that's, that's stuff I love, just something that's going to connect with you on a level like that. So yeah, if they had made that ship look high tech, it probably doesn't hit as hard as it does kind of looking a little bit trashy like that. That's cool. I like that call. And, and the thing is, like, like I said, it doesn't have to have any tech in it because it's the force field that they control that kind of moves it around. So it doesn't have to have like any propulsion in it itself. So it's right. something that like as a kid, I could have totally fantasized about making it. And, you know, they make it like in the woods and I used to play in the woods as a kid. It just it hit all the marks and everything. And uh, the Shout Factory just put out a Blu-ray. And funnily enough, it mine's going to come tomorrow for the Explorers. And Tim, dude, if we lived near each other man i would have you come over and watch that thing with me because i guarantee you you're gonna love it yeah i'll have to check that one out that uh some great great child actors in that yeah good old good old river phoenix man r.i.p yeah, um all right number four my man all right spanning 15 miles across and 2.5 miles up 36 of these ships were deployed to Earth in 1996 in an attempt to take over the planet. They destroyed over 100 cities before finally being destroyed on July 4th. <laughs> Number five on my list is the City Destroyer from Independence Day. From Independence Day. Nice, dude. Nice, dude. That is dude. iconic as well at this point. Yeah, that's it. That's It's the iconic. I love the classic UFO disc, mm. just that style of UFO and spaceship. I always have like a special place in my heart for that, just because it's kind of like that classic trope of what an alien mm. spaceship should look like. Um, I mean, the destructive power that these suckers packed as well, <laughs> They're basically just wiping out entire cities with one blast of their gun, their beautiful blue ray that shoots down. Yeah, there's just uh, so many like cool things about this ship. Like, I love how they're all kind of coming down. They're all going over different cities, and there's this countdown timer going on. And as soon as the as soon as they all align, as soon as they're all over top the right city, then they just fire and just blow the shit out of the world. Uh, lots of fun. Lots of fun for me. <laughs> Always lots. <laughs> I love of fun. when the world gets blown up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah. Uh I'm I'm with you, man. I like the traditional saucer shape, especially if like you do something to sort of mess with it and, and change it up a little bit. Um as a kid, I liked that show V. Uh did you watch that back in the day? Dude, dude, hundred percent. My first thought was I'm gonna do the ship from V because of the iconic disc. And then I started to think about that a little bit more. And I'm like, I really like those ships from Independence Day. So I ended up going with that one. But yeah, it was it started with V, the ship from V. And is V's, I, I, I kind of get the sense that you've just probably looked at both of them recently. Is V's uh, ship different? Like it's, it's 
not the same as the other one. They're both disc-like, but it, I feel like I remember that the Independence Day was, like, thicker. It was, yeah, like, a thicker disc. It's thicker, yeah. It's, like, thicker in the middle. So, uh, okay. Independence Day's really fat in the middle and kind of tapers out around the edges. Where I think V is just, like, a flat, kind of a flat disc. If you were to, like, if you had a small model of it, it would be, like, maybe an inch thick all the way through. Okay. Okay. Oh, good one, dude. That's that's a good pick. And Independence Day is a great freaking movie. Uh, the sequel, yeah, man. not so much. <laughs> Didn't see it. Don't need don't need to see it. Don't need to ever see it. I saw it in the theater. I was blazed out of my mind. And you know it's bad when you're because everything is fun when you're blazed. You know it's bad when halfway <laughs> through the movie, like the movie's so bad that it takes you out of your highness, and you're like, oh god, I gotta sit through like another hour oh, of yeah. this shit. Oh man. <laughs> Jeez. Oh man, those are the well, worst, dude. Like any great ship, it also has its one weak spot, which I love. <laughs> I love when there's the single vulnerability in just a monstrosity of a ship. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, man. I want to watch Independence Day again. Ah, oh, I love that movie, dude. I, I never like. I like that style too. Uh, yeah. Roland Emmerich does a great build up his build-ups are the i think the best out of any filmmaker you know build like that first 45 minutes leading up to the whole thing man he does the best of it even the godzilla which sucked but like even his build-up part of it was good yeah i was gonna watch it the other day and i pulled it out and i uh, checked the, the runtime on it and it was like two hours and 15 minutes or something around there and i was like nope not tonight <laughs> <laughs> not tonight <laughs> What do we say to that? Not tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, my number four. Oh, I didn't even realize until just now. Uh, it's also from 1985. Uh, it's from an animated series, actually. It's Some of it takes place on Earth, but also some of it takes place in space. And this vehicle can do both. So it fits into the, uh, the whole thing. And I am, of course, talking about the... VF-1 Valkyrie Veritech fighter from Robotech, a.k.a. Macross. Never seen Robotech. Wow. <laughs> I am I am shocked right now. Uh, do you know what the, the Veritech looks like? It looks like an F-16 that can essentially transform into a, a robot. Okay. Okay, I can picture it. I'll, I'll pull it up here, too, so I can see what you're talking about. But yeah. go so, on, and I'll pull it up here. So yeah, so so Robotech was one of the first animated shows as a kid uh, that I ever saw violence in. You, you see people die in it and everything because it's you know it's Japanese animation, it's not American animation. Um, and I remember renting the 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 the, the VHS tapes from um, uh, the video stores and everything, and, and going through and watching them and everything. It's so funny how. Like it had like each VHS each VHS tape only had like two 30 minute episodes on them. That's insane. Like nowadays you can get the whole series on like one Blu-ray disc. But I think that the F-16 Veritech fighter, like when it, the Valkyrie Veritech fighter, like the, just the fact that it is an F-16, uh, to me as a kid, that was so iconic. Um, Jetfire. So do you remember the Jetfire Transformer toy? Yeah, I'm looking at the picture of the Valkyrie right now, and it immediately remi reminded me of that. That's uh, like this is not definitely this is iconic. Uh, I I know it now by seeing it, so I've seen yeah. it before. So that shows you how iconic it is because I never watched Robotech, but I know what this is. And then yeah, my first thought was that looks just like Jetfire, and I had Jetfire, and it was probably my most beloved Transformer. So, so Jetfire that toy 
was just a repaint of like a Robotech Japanese Robotech toy. Interesting. Uh, I, I do. I believe that that because I mean, dude, his his head, Jetfire's head, is exactly what like you know the, their their heads look like, and yeah. his his head would be where the cockpit uh, would be for the the person in it. So then you you know exactly what they look like, and if you had the Jetfire toy, you could actually turn him into Guardian mode. So the the Veritech fighter in Robotech has three modes: Jetfighter, Guardian mode, which is ha- it looks like half jet like with arms and legs and yep. then and then robot mode yep. um you could actually turn that jet fighter uh, uh jet fire toy into guardian mode even dude even the gun that jet fire came with was the robotech like gun <laughs> totally, that it had man. totally so it's in in moving forward like they totally redesigned jet fire in the cartoons now and everything and, and it looks nothing like the the robotech thing but yeah dude and I and I talk about it with my buddy Diallo and TV Obscura occasionally. How I like the 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 rights for Robotech, the live action, has been in development hell for so damn long, uh, and they actually just got freed up. But here's the thing: you know, if they make it now, they're not going to make it look like an F-16. It's going to look like some newer jet or something like that. Right. And you know, as much as you love Jetfire, it, like all of it is a part of him looking like an F-16. Like that's a part of the whole. The whole thing, you know what I mean? Oh, and for sure, uh, But as for a sure. kid, I just thought it was cool as shit. Yeah. I don't know how this franchise, like, passed me by. I wonder if this is, like, a Canada versus the U.S. thing, because I'm up in Canada. I wonder if that wasn't a show that got picked up on our stations, and possibly for that reason, the toys didn't maybe make it over here, or I wasn't, like, aware of the toys. But I know, like, I know Robotech. I know people like that but that i've never yeah i've never seen it before but that is clearly an iconic iconic figure because i've yeah i've seen that before so that's a good call dude and man i think you've ruined jetfire for me he's a clone <laughs> jetfire's a clone he's, he's like <laughs> yeah he's a direct ripoff of robotech he's, he's not real do you still have your jetfire toy i wish uh pretty yeah. sure someone stole that from me because yeah. I would never get rid of that. And then one day, I just remember having it as a kid. And then I remember don't having it. Or sorry, not having it. Mm. Don't having it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. You do words good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad that you you had the toy. Uh, so you could at least, you know, know what I was talking about right there. And I, yeah, I, I'm with you, man. Like, it's it's interesting. Even in, in down here in the States, like, Zach and I will talk. Like, he grew up more closer to Chicago and stuff. And, like, what I saw in syndicate was totally in, in dc and maryland uh, on the east coast was totally different than what he would see on the syndication to down to like the times and stuff like they would have you know the cartoons on at different times in the morning and stuff and i think that that sometimes is it like you just yeah. you don't get exposed to things and you don't you know you don't know what you don't know you know what i mean so yep. you're yeah, just exactly. like okay cool yeah man exactly that's the way it goes well, I hope you go and, and actually check out some Robotech stuff because it's it's good shit. Um, <laughs> number three, my man. Number three. All right. Now, my next choice was completely based on my love for this movie franchise and the unique design of this ship. And also how little we actually know about this ship. We first saw this ship. Now, I'm not sure if you're going to know this planet. It's a planet called LV-426. <laughs> <laughs> I had a chance to walk around one of these ships in the game Alien Isolation. 
and we learned a lot more about it in the movie Prometheus. Number three on my list is the engineer ship Juggernaut from the Alien franchise. Ah, the the derelict. Okay. This All right, well, whole I... like U shaped, this epic looking, gigantic U shaped design ship with this incredibly interesting interior that, you know, up until Prometheus, you really know nothing about. You just know what it looks like. Um, it this one always captured my imagination. Well, the good news is. <laughs> I do have I do have something from the franchise on the list, but I think we can keep the conversation separate uh, because my 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 ship is not the alien ship. So I think we can kind of keep we can talk about the aesthetics separately, essentially. Okay. Um. I I love the the derelict ship. So so canonically now it's called the Juggernaut ship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. after Prometheus they called it the Juggernaut. Okay. Okay. Yeah, dude, that thing. Yeah, like all of them. I think at this point, iconic is the word of the night. But you can show that ship to anybody, and they don't even have to have seen Alien or Aliens or any of them. I think they will know at least the franchise that it's from, and be like, okay, I I know that right there. Uh, and I I've always thought that ship was cool as hell. Um, the design of it, you know, having that sort of like it's metallic, but it has some kind of it's it, it, the organicness of it is yeah. so awesome. Yeah. Um, and then essentially the fact that it's like, you know, alien is a movie just about space truckers. And I've always, you know, I'm not going to get into what I do and don't like about the prequels, but I've always like, I always thought it was cool. in the fact that like, they're just space truckers, they essentially come across a, an alien space trucker, you know, before we sort of knew anything and they stumble across his cargo. And I like how that it was as simple as that, as just stumbling across another space trucker. And I like the fact that, you know, the, the derelict alien ship, the juggernaut also carries things because in alien, it kind of, it makes that parallel. The two, the two basically space trucks or truckers. So good pick, man. That's, it's a great ship. It, it didn't make my list. Um, and funny thing is I probably didn't even think about it to be honest with you, but I like that you did because you're a hundred percent correct. And we can actually get to see it fly in, uh, in Prometheus too. So that was cool as hell. Yeah. Um, I mean, the first ship that I thought of from the franchise was not this one. It was another one that I think might be on your list. So I left I left that off. But then I thought, you know what? I there's got to be something in this franchise that I'm that I really like take to. And as I was going through their ships, I was like, oh, of course. I mean, I love this ship. I I love what they did with this ship in the franchise, just showing it in the first movie. And then from there, there's nothing. There's never any explanation about, like until the the prequels, until Prometheus. There's they never bring it up again. It's just this ship that at the time was a way for them to get like a face hugger back to, um, you know the, the the human ship. But you go in there, it's all amazing and fascinating, and there's all these things you have questions about, but you never get answers. So what that leaves for you is for you to just come up with that stuff on your own. Just figure it out for yourself. Uh, if, if you want to like make up a backstory for it, you can. Uh, and it's just such an interesting piece of that franchise that when we finally got to Prometheus, um, and I know you're not a big fan of that. I, I am a big fan of that. It was just, I felt like it was real fan service to just see that ship in action. 
And my mind was blown watching that movie and just getting to see this juggernaut kind of doing some of its thing. And then beyond that, like um, it's, it's a level in alien isolation, the video game. It's just kind of like this middle, middle part of the game where you're not expecting anything like this to happen. It's almost like they give you a break right in the middle. They're just like, this is probably what everybody wants to do. So we're just going to put a level in the middle that doesn't even take place in the same spot. Just go out, go have fun, go on the ship. And man, was it ever, was it ever incredible. So, yeah. Did did you get the um, the DLC missions for Isolation? I think it takes place in the Stromo. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And it looks amazing. And they got the original actors to and actresses to voice the characters as well. So it's all very authentic. Very, very cool. Yeah. That was a game that I tried to play and just didn't have the patience for. Uh, luckily enough, IGN teamed up with, I think, the people who made the game, and they basically took the assets from the game and pieced together all the CGI cutscenes and everything and then created some new cutscenes to, to, to you know basically make it into you could just watch the story of Alien Isolation. And I know that that's kind of a cheat and everything, but... I never would have played it otherwise, and I never would have seen the story otherwise. It's just, it's too slow for me. I don't like stealth games. I want to shoot the shit out of stuff. Yeah, for sure, I get that. And, uh, like, the story is probably one of the worst parts of that game, so that's not even, I wouldn't even judge it based on maybe what you saw. It's the experience. It's the experience of feeling. This is the closest thing you'll feel to actually being in the movie Alien. Um, And... Yeah, I, I would just say one thing about that game. It probably took me 20, 25 hours to beat. Probably should have been a 10, 12-hour game. Would have been a mm-hmm. lot better. They went way too long with it. Okay, okay. Well, I am ecstatic for Aliens Fire Team uh, that's coming out later yes. this year. That's that's, that's right up your alley. My, yeah. <laughs> I just want to be a colonial marine destroying a never-ending horde of bugs, and that's it. So <laughs> yep. It's coming your way, buddy. It's coming your way. It's coming my way, baby. Um, maybe you will. Maybe you and I'll get a chance to play it if if you pick it up. Uh, you're PS4, pick, right? Yeah, I've got, I've got PS4. Yeah, I can't yeah, get yeah. I can't get my hands on a PS5 or uh, the Xbox. I just I want I want a next gen console. You can't get those suckers. I was going to say, yeah, are they anywhere? And at this point, I mean, I, I kind of don't feel like I need one just yet, but I, I will get one eventually. I'll get a PS5 eventually, but I, I don't even know what is out that I would even want for maybe i'll get a ps5 for aliens fire team <laughs> yeah <laughs> i laugh because you know that game is going to get can. like a, a three out of a ten you know basically oh, i hope not i hope not but who knows who knows fucking who knows man i mean i mean it's it's I mean, already get it should already just its baseline should be three for just being an aliens like <laughs> machine gun game that's amazing yeah. it looks incredible yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a baseline of ten for me. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got I got no problems. I played I played the 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 two abominations, uh, Aliens, Colonial Marines, and Star Wars Jango Fett. Both of those games got like one out of tens, and I played both of those games twice because the source <laughs> material. So yeah, yeah, I'm with you. My man. bar is you. low. Um, I that was your you. number three, right? So we're we're getting was, into yeah. some 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 thick franchises, bud. Um. This franchise, uh, I, I'm, we're gonna. I think I'm gonna have to push mine because I think you're gonna have another ship from this franchise. But I'll tee it up. This is from 1991. This is my favorite style 
of Starfleet ship. It was first seen in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. When do you want me to stop you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say what mine is, and then, then we'll, we'll talk about it when we get to your part of the franchise. Okay. And I am going to talk, when we talk about Star Trek, I'm going to talk about the USS Excelsior, or just the Excelsior class in general. Cool. Um, so that's my number three. Do you have Star Trek as your number two? Can we just go right into it? You know what, buddy? We can. Just go Yay! right into it. <laughs> go right into it. Keep on going. <laughs> all right. All right. So as I said, uh, the Excelsior class, um, and Tim, please, 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 you know much more about Star Trek than I do. Please correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I believe you see uh, uh, Sulu, that's Sulu's ship, in Undiscovered Country, and then I believe canonically in the show, that was essentially the prototype for that class, and then they uh, and then they basically create the uh, Excelsior class from that. But you, you know what I'm talking about, the Excelsior class, right? Yes, I do know. Okay. Um, I'm not totally sure though i think it may have been introduced before that i, would I think it might have been in, would... it might have been in search for spock i i okay. can't be certain though i but... would defer to you you're you're probably uh more correct um but it's not so much the uss excelsior that i like it's just the excelsior style of sure. ship yeah. um i love how beefy it is um i love how the uh, the array in the front is kind of embedded into that half circle part of the neck and how the neck sort of goes right into it and then i like how the 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 warp uh, uh, wings or the the warp coils, I guess, are kind of they were kind of like pushed down to the side a little bit of it. Just uh, the I just think it's mean looking, dude. I think it's mean, and I think if like you were gonna go up against it, that would be an intimidating ship. And I got I gotta admit to you, man. I I have always loved uh, how the Enterprise and, and Starfleet ships look. Um, I love the movie style Enterprise. I love all of them, but if I had to pick one, and I remember as a kid, I had one of those little eraser toys. You know, you know, like it's like a, it's a it's a model, but it's an eraser. Yeah, I I, I had one of those of the Excelsior, and oh, no I just way. I would, yeah, and I was just like, yeah, and I just I just I literally was able to just examine it and just like I was like, wow, this thing's so cool looking, and yeah, it, it, from all Star Trek all the time, and Tim and I offline uh, just before we started recording, we were talking about uh, Star Trek Discovery and everything, and I love I love the Discovery, I love all those ships, but man, the Excelsior, bro, mm, it's beautiful, man, it's a thing of beauty. That's really cool because that's not what I thought you may have pulled out of the Star Trek universe. Uh, but I get it. I like when you say beefy, you get me there because it is a beefy ship. It's like it's fatter in all the places where the other ones are thinner. And yeah, it's I'm looking at it right now. It's got that um, at the kind of the bottom section. It's got that one bright light that if you were coming at this ship, that looks like probably certain death if that thing shoots <laughs> yeah. on i don't even know if that's where the phaser comes out of it pro that's probably the phaser array yeah uh it looks intimidating just um it's a good looking ship that's not one that would have been on like near the top of my list but i totally get it man it's it's a it's a good looking ship i like that you picked one of the older ones like it is an mm. older looking ship um and i just i always get 
great feelings for those old like Star Trek ships and the kind of the original series there. So um, yeah. I love it, man. That's a great call. That's a great call. So like how how often are you seeing that ship? Like, do you, does it come, does it, I haven't like really paid too much attention to that one. I definitely, when you said it, I, I could picture it in my head and like, do you see that popping up in some stuff that you watch? I, I feel like, I feel like we saw it at some point, um, in, in, you know, all the big battles, like maybe next generation or something. But by that point, actually that ship style would have been hella old. Um, honestly, un, undiscovered country, but I do think you're right. I feel like you see it in, uh, search for Spock, maybe in the, in, in the hangar when they're trying to make their slow ass getaway. I feel like you might've seen it in there as well. Um, but I have to admit it, it, it whatever the movie was, it was pro- undiscovered country or whatever. It was probably mostly the that rubber eraser thing that I had because I was able it was one of the few Star Trek toys that I had. So I was able to actually like examine it and like look it over. And I had a a model that my an older cousin of mine gave me of the original Enterprise, Um, one of those just old school models from probably the late 70s or something. And I, I like that and I had it, but I didn't play with it too much. This was, I, I think, I think it's near and dear to my heart because of that one rubber band, rubber toy that I was able to play with it. But I mean, I do remember seeing it in the theater and being like, oh my God, I love that ship. And also being like, oh, I love my rubber toy too. So cool, man. I, I love that. Yeah. call. I love it. Thanks buddy. What, uh, what, what Star Trek ship do you love? All right. Well, Corey, I'll tell you circa the 24th century. You better not come across this ship, as it's widely considered one of the most destructive weapons ever known. Measuring 1.88 miles across and 1.88 miles up, it can be run by anywhere from 5,000 to 130,000 drones. And I have it right here. I'm going to show you you right here, and it makes a little bit of noise, too. Are are you... Are you t- t- Tim Cutis of Borg? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Number t- it's, oh, it's things Number two on my list <laughs> is the Borg Cube from the Star Trek universe. Uh, oh. I I friggin' love the Borg Cube, dude. I love it. Um, wow, I I honestly thought you were gonna have a, a Starfleet ship on there, but all right, cool, G- give it to me, baby, because I mean the Borg cube is freaking awesome too. And that's where I started. I started at um, you know I started with some of the Enterprise ships. Uh, I moved on to some other cool ships I like from the from the franchise and the series. But when I really got down to it, when I really spent the time digging into it, it's the Borg cube for me. I just I love how cool of an idea this ship is and just how it looks. Um, these ships, like they, they don't have the typical things that you'd find on a Starfleet ship. Like you, you've got a bridge, a certain area for a bridge. You've got a certain area for engineering. You've got crew quarters. The Borg cube doesn't have any of that. They have everything kind of sporadically placed out throughout the entire cube so that nothing can go down. So you can't take a direct hit to engineering and your engines go offline Everything is accessible from them, from consoles that are all over the place. And they could take roughly what I heard is they could take 80% damage and still continue moving and fighting as per normal because that doesn't affect 
that 20% that's still there is enough for them to keep all the major systems still going. Uh, so just that idea, the, the cube, just seeing a cube, a giant cube in space, this green light that's emanating off of it, uh, the whole idea behind the Borg. This this was it for me. So it's such a fun, such a fun ship. Now it's not. I mean, if you were to see it or see inside it, definitely not a fun ship. It's I mean, it's, a, it's, it's horrible. fucking horrible, it's <laughs> terrible. It's a terrible idea. And, terrible. I like the aesthetic of it. And and also too, uh, if you destroy it, it will eject out uh, something to go back in time and and fuck you up. So like, like all, you saw in yeah. uh, generations, you know, all um, sorts of tricks up their sleeves in that cube. Oh, yeah, they that. Uh, I've seen it before too now it was in a star trek voyager episode so i don't know if this is canon for every cube but there is a cube in that in that series that it actually launches a borg sphere out mm-hmm. of it out of the center of it and that's like a more of like an attack vessel so you know the way that like a smaller fighter would be you know deployed out of a larger carrier they've got that so it's like how do you how do you how do you stop this thing it's it's so so utterly powerful yeah and that's how it was in in generations it was like a sphere that they shot out of once it was exploding okay. um yeah and what's scary about it is like you know it'll catch you in a tractor beam and then just start like beaming you know borgs over it's like it's an infestation you know it's like once your ship gets infested it's it, ah it it I love it. it. It created a whole new level of fear in Star Trek that I feel like wasn't really there before. There was always this fear that you would, like, die on a, an away team or something and everything. But, like, usually when you're in your ship, it, it, it's okay. Whereas with the Borg, man, it's just, ah, oh, you don't know when you're going to be infected. Even if you clear them out, you don't know what kind of, like, program they left behind, what kind of Trojan horse they left in your computer system or whatever. It's just, man, I would not want to go up against the Borg. And then on top of it, man, it's it's everyone's freaking, that two-part, you know, episode was everyone's favorite uh, next generation uh, uh two-parter i remember watching that in real time and being like oh my god i have to wait like a year you know whatever it was to watch the second half of this and it was already like everything that i ever wanted to see in star trek was yeah. like that whole massive battle at the end of that season finale with all those enterprises or all those i'm sorry starfleet ships getting just messed up and like that's all i ever want to see in star trek like I love Star Wars for, like, its uh, fast-paced battles, but I love Star Trek, especially stuff like Wrath of Khan, for its slow, methodical, uh, uh, you know, almost naval-style battles. And I love in Star Trek when, you know, a laser beam will cut into the hole and you'll actually see, like, like, you know, the, the rooms that it, you know, cut into and everything. That's the shit that I watch Star Trek for. That's the shit that I, I play the occasional Star Trek game for. I love the slow space battles in Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, the Borg man is always, like, the most formidable person you can go against. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you add the Borg into the equation and that's even way more than just their ship, right? They're just, they're just going to spread their, they assimilate you. They, they take you over nothing can really stop them. So I, I love that. Like they're, they're always searching for perfection. Right. And I love that in their eyes, the perfect ship is a cube, which kind of doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, if you, 
if you, if you think aerodynamically, you probably wouldn't want a cube, you know, cruising around. But, uh, you know, uh, of course, there's the vacuum of space, so there's no drag yeah, or anything matter. like that. Yeah. But just whenever you see ships or someone designs a ship, it's always aerodynamic, right? It's, it's It looks cool. It looks like it's going to fly fast. Then you've got this cube that looks like it's going to fly slow. And it's, you know, one of the fastest moving ships because of the technology they have. Um, I I love it, man. It's really, really cool. Yeah. John, I've, I've got no beef with it whatsoever. And I like the fact that we're able to talk about uh, two different ships, you know, style ships. I mean, hell, dude. I, I think I, I, th- I think... We, we were talking on Instagram, and I was like, bro, we could probably just do a top five Star Trek ship. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. For I sure. Mean, crap, For sure. Throw Easy. In, top like, ten. Bir- bir- yeah. Birds of Prey and everything, oh, man. man. Like, so many. And you could talk about, like, specific versions of the Birds yeah. of Prey and stuff. Yeah. Uh, dude, uh, Star Trek has some great ship designs, honestly, truthfully. Yeah, one of, one of the real deep cuts that I didn't want to, you know, put on my list because – you know, not many people would know about it. There's also not a lot of information out there about it. It's just from one um, episode in season three of Star Trek Voyager. Uh, it's called the Voth City Ship. And it looks like if you just picture like a smaller, um, like what maybe like a 30 person ship might look like, but it's the size of a, sh- a size of a city. It holds like millions of people. Uh, this is just, it was a really, really cool idea. It was a really cool episode. So I kind of, that's, that was the first one that I thought of, but you know, board. That one looks cool. I, I just looked it up. Um, cause I wasn't a big Voyager fan. Uh, I wanted to get into Voyager and I think I probably would have, but I think it came out, um, I wasn't. I, I think I was in college, or so. I just didn't have time to watch it and keep up with it, essentially. So that's a uh, Voyager's a big sort of gap in my uh, in my Star Trek knowledge. That is a lot of times uh, uh, filled, <laughs> no sexual pun intended, uh, by talking back when you guys, uh, you and your roundtable, have <laughs> yeah. uh, have the Voyager episodes. Uh, real yeah. quick, when are you guys gonna have another uh, uh, Star Trek episode, another Voyager app? We're going to have another Voyager app when COVID says we're allowed to get together and do it. <laughs> That's the only reason. I get the together Star Trek with those stuff is guys. Because stuff uh, is not with Dean. It's, it's no. with your other pals, right? Yeah, it's with a couple of my buddies. We, you know, for years have just been getting together and watching Star Trek and, you know, chatting about it. We have something called Trek Miss every year where we um, give each other <laughs> Star Trek gifts. And we're just oh. – that's my Star Trek nerd crew, so – yeah, we've done, you know, I don't know, maybe uh, seven or eight episodes on the, in the Talking Back feed, but it's uh, to me, Jay and Terry, and we just uh, round table on um, one of the Star Trek episodes, and we jump across all the different um, series. So, yeah, I miss those guys. Hopefully we can get one of those in soon. And I know Voyager is your favorite. I believe I know that. What was your like introduction to Star Trek. I know we all loved, you know, or we all know the original, but like what got you into Star Trek originally? Mine was TNG. Yeah. Mine was the original series. And um, now that you know him by name, uh, older brother, Kevin would go to the library and rent or not rent, but I guess just take out VHSs of Star Trek, the original series and bring them home and we'd watch them. So that, that was it for me. Um, Just seeing that and that, not a lot of sci-fi kind of floating around at that time. So when I saw that, I mean, I was probably, you know, six or seven, somewhere around there. Those those storylines and, and that campiness works great for a kid. So, uh, you know, hook, line, and sinker right from that moment on. <laughs> 
Yeah, you, you and my wife both uh, are, are OG Star Trek fans. And like I said, I grew up watching it and everything. And actually, I really like the cartoons, the old Star Trek oh, cartoons. Oh, dude, those are excellent. I just ordered those right? on Blu-ray. Actually, they oh. look fantastic on Blu-ray. I, I went through transfer. a tear. I, I was I was watching them on, I think, Netflix had them or something like like last year or whatever. I was kind of going on a tear and watching them. I wouldn't be surprised if now they're over on, on Paramount Plus or whatever they call it nowadays. Um, but, yeah, dude, the, I love those cartoons, man. Uh, I didn't yep. know they were out on Blu-ray. Uh, man, mm-hmm. I had to pick that up. Um, but, yeah, Next Generation, man, like I can still remember getting excited to watch that. And like actually like I, I was I watched every episode for like the first few seasons. I was I was into it like hardcore. So Picard will always sort of be my captain. But of course, I, I do love Kirk and Spock and the whole crew and everything. So, yeah. And speaking of Picard uh, with the new Picard series, they do have the Borg in that mm. series. And they do show like a bit of an upgrade about like they kind of modernize the board cube. And while they don't show too much of it, it just is so cool. Like they mm. just they do the right improvements to kind of show you what if in this modern series that we're doing, what if the cube was modernized? And mm. dude, it's friggin awesome. And I love it. Oh, man. Love it. I, I would love to see more of that. Oh, dude, you're you're like kind of like the only person I can talk Star Trek with, man. I I just, <laughs> just want to keep talking Star Trek. <laughs> and it's I, like everyone knows about me that like for, I always tell people Star Wars is life. Aliens is my favorite movie. But that doesn't mean that I don't love Star Trek. You know, like I've oh, watched every movie. So yeah. it's just, yeah. <laughs> we got to get you on for one of our Star Trek movie episodes. Oh, that that I would love it. Or or we could do a, a a double feature on a Friday and just talk about Discovery or something once you're once you're done with it. You know what I mean? And we can just have like a, a Discovery discussion. Definitely. All right. So we're gonna do my number two because your number two was the Borg. Uh, yep. We'll do my number two and then we'll do our bonuses. Okay. So I don't know if people sh- would be surprised that this is not my number one, but num but my number two is a thing of beauty. Stripped, stripped down. It wasn't the main one, but it was the workhorse, baby. It was the workhorse of the fleet. And I am, of course, talking about Gold Leader, the BTL, Y-Wing, Starfighter. Why not Slave <laughs> One? Why, why not any of the others? You know, uh, of course, I love Slave One. You guys all know how much I love Boba Fett. But the end-all, be-all for me, Corey, will always be the Y-Wing. Y-Wings for life, baby. Aesthetically, they're so simple looking. But the fact that, like, you have... Well, you know, we know. We know because we've watched the Clone Wars and stuff like that, and we know all the canon. We know that in A New Hope, what we're seeing is a stripped-down version of what these ships used to look like. And what they looked like back in the Clone Wars era, I actually don't really dig, but they, you can see all their armor and stuff. So, But what I love about just the design originally is that there was a hint of that. You know what I mean? Like how the front of it, the cockpit looks kind of smooth and everything, and then the rest of it is, you know, and then they obviously create a backstory as to why it is and all this kind of stuff. And there's a few key factors about the Y-Wing that makes me love it more than the X-Wing. One, auto turrets. Eh, 
I am a turret guy. I always play like like if it's a, if a character has a turret like in Borderlands or something, I'll be that turret guy. If uh, if 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 a ship has a, a spaceship has a turret on it, I'm gonna use that spaceship. Uh, Star Wars uh, Squadrons, the video game, I I main Y wings the entire time, but. I love auto turrets. Don't know why. I just think they're freaking cool. Uh, and then on top of it, I think, honestly, I think what a lot of it was were the toys. I hated the Kenner X-Wing toy back in the day because the proportions were so distorted from the original. The, the, the wings were so snubbed and short when the front was... I just hated it. And to this day, like I don't dislike the X-Wing style design, but the toy colors my feelings about it because I do not like the proportions. Now, the Y-Wing toy, while not exactly perfect, had better proportions, more akin to what, what it was in the movie. And uh, yeah, dude, I just think it's a beefy-looking ship. I think that's another theme you, you can kind of see me going with. It's mean-looking, um, but at the same time, it's very familiar-looking because, like, the X-Wing is so strange looking, but yet, you know, it works and everything. The Y-Wing looks much more like a standard kind of, you know, ship or whatever, but it looks Star Wars-y. You know what I mean? Like, it just, it fits, and and it kind of just added to that whole thing of, like, even as a kid, like, like I remember, like, looking through magazines and stuff, and you wouldn't even see the Y-Wing that much, almost to the point where you kind of forget that they're even in the bombing run on the Death Star Trench, but they're there, and that's what's kind of cool, and you can, I just, I loved looking at the, the, the design as a kid, and I just, I liked the proportions of it. Not say I, I dislike the X-Wing, I hated the Kenner toy X-Wing, but I don't dislike the X-Wing, and of course, Slave 1 is cool as hell, love the Slave 1, but always and forever... Y wings for life. Star Wars is higher on my list. (laughs) (laughs) No, dude, honestly, the Y I love the Y wing. That's a great choice. Um, Like, I know what you're saying about how it like kind of just the way, and I know you're talking about the X wing, the toy, you didn't quite like the proportions and all that, but I feel like the Y wing suits the rebels way better than what the X wing like what the appearance is like the X-Wing maybe doesn't look like something um, for kind of like a group of rebels who are kind of on the run, picking up pieces from here and there, putting ships together. The Y-Wing looks like that. It looks like it's almost like it's half finished. You know, there's like, there's like definite ship parts to it, but then it looks like there's kind of gaping holes where there could be armor or there could be, um, you know, just metal placed around it, but there isn't. And it feels it feels like that gritty kind of workhorse ship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love it for that reason. It's it. I feel like it's got a better star Wars look than the X wing. You know, we're, we're all, we're all, you know, on the X wings, you know, bandwagon because obviously it's what, you know, Luke flies around in and it, it's, it's their main kind of like fighter jet, but that easily could have been the Y wing. They could have just made that the Y wing and, Ooh. Did you watch the Clone Wars cartoons and specifically actually yeah. specifically did you watch Rebels? Yeah, I did, yeah. Okay, so, so it, it, they did a good job in in Rebels like actually showing you how they they got all of these uh you know ships and everything. Yes, yeah, and, that was and, cool. 
And to your point, it was cool in Rebels that the Y-Wings were kind of like the main one, and it was kind of like a big deal when yes. they got the X-Wings because the X-Wings were such like an upgrade fighter to the... But the Y-Wing was the backbone and the workhorse of the Rebellion for so long. And yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's yeah, all or, or that like, just sort of fits. Or maybe they, like, maybe since the X-Wing was the fighter, maybe they put the additional resources into, like, finishing that model so it had yeah. all the, the metal covering everything. Maybe the Y-Wing was kind of, like, thrown aside. Uh, they don't have the resources to finish it. You know, whatever way you look at it, it looks like an unfinished ship. But I feel yeah. like that fits, it fits that, you know, that idea a bit better. Uh, so yeah. I, I, I get it. I, I'm actually a bit surprised that that's, kind of what you chose out of the whole star wars universe but i i get it man like it's an that's an awesome looking ship i love that call yeah i my and my wife will tell you dude um if i ever get a tattoo it's gonna be one of the first tattoos i get is a top-down view of a y-wing I even I was talking to my friends uh, earlier today, kind of pitching pitching it at them and everything, and they were like, "Really, the Y wing?" And I was like, "I don't." Yeah, sometimes you know, like you said at the very beginning, you got to go with your heart. And like, I mean, of course, like Slave One is such a more interesting design, and like I love Boba Fett. I, you know it. Everybody knows it. And yes, of course, Slave One is one of my favorite ships of all time. Yeah. But God, every time I see that Y wing, man, I'm just like. I love it. I just love it. And sometimes I, I, you know, you just, I just can't put my finger on the exact thing that I like about it. It's just the whole, the, the ship as a whole. I just love the way it looks. I hear you, man. I hear you. Yeah. That's what you got to go with. That's you got to go with like those feelings, right? It's like this, who knows why this one speaks to you so much, but it does. And that's why it's, that's why it's your favorite. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know that you have a Star Wars ship as your number one. Uh, so I before do. we jump into that, and I think you know which franchise my number one is from, Aliens. Uh, so <laughs> before we go into that, uh, just throw out some some bonuses uh, that, that didn't quite make the list, but you thought were cool. And, you know, we can discuss and I'll throw out some of mine. Okay, cool. Well, first of all, I thought the Event Horizon was going to make your list. so It was, it was going to. It was, it was my be... number five. Yeah, that was it was my number five and I switched it out because I thought you'd have it. <laughs> I put the Eagle wow. Five in instead, but uh, Dude, the Event Horizon was on my list for so long until today when I double checked, I go, let me just Google spaceships. I just Google movie spaceships and I saw, you know, the the Thunder Road from Explorers. I was like, oh my god, yes, that's because that got me like in the nostalgic cockles. But uh let's yeah. let's talk about the let's talk about the event dude, horizon, man, because it was gonna make both of our lists. Dude, the ship went to hell and back. <laughs> right. <laughs> How many ships have gone to hell and come back? Come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, love it. I mean the des- the des- des- design of it it's like the big kind of like front round part the super duper long chamber and then like the engines at the back um they definitely took a lot of influence from the ship in 2001 a space odyssey but they just made it look like grittier and more of like a ship that would be sent out into deep space and i just love the idea of a ship disappearing and people thinking it's gone and then it pops up and you get to go investigate it. And man, what a cool interior. That fucking engine that they've got, that whatever the, the transport driver, whatever they have that like folds space and time. So cool, man. Such a cool ship. And, and still probably the best 
explanation of how like uh, a folding space works, like how no a doubt. wormhole works. <laughs> it makes sense for anybody. You could be a five-year-old and understand it. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if some like physics teacher like actually just does that, you know, from Event Horizon <laughs> just to show them. Uh, I, and I do find it funny that there is an alternate timeline where you and I both had this as our number five, and, yeah, and, and we talked about it improper. But yeah, um, I'm with you. I think we both have a similar taste in the fact that like I love, I love it when technology opens up a gate to hell because that is such a spiritual thing but yet yeah. we use technology like I, that's the also the the story for like doom or something i'm a sucker for that um i'm also a sucker for we lost communication with this thing now it's back and we have to send in a team to go investigate it's 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 a little bit aliens-esque like it's a little bit of the colonial marine style yeah. you know mm-hmm. um but the ship itself awesome looking even the the ship that um, what's his name uh, his crew kind of uses was cool looking too, dude. That movie does not get the love that it deserves. Uh, Event Horizon no. is a fantastic horror sci fi film. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Good call, uh, I th- buddy. I think that the ship, like, or the idea of the ship being lost and then found. I believe is from um, an old Canadian like water vessel mm, uh, from okay. the 17 or 1800s that that happened to it disappeared. Nobody heard of it for a super long time. And then it just reappeared somewhere. So I love that shit, dude. I it's love so cool, man. It's just the uh, idea of that. It's like, yeah, I want to explore ships. it. I want to explore yeah, it. I know, but we die though. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Some things are worth dying for, Corey. <laughs> but are some things worth going to hell for? No, 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 no. No, and that's what not, terrifies I, me. That was a in terrifying movie, hell. Like, and I'm like, I'm not a big religious guy, but, you know, I did grow up Roman Catholic. So, you know, of course, like hell, like the idea of hell has a certain, you know, image in, in, in burned in my, my brain. Sure. Um, but like the idea that you can, you know, again, through this technology or something, go to hell when – it's not deserving of it. Like when you don't, when you didn't technically deserve it, yeah. it's like, so then d- does someone come and rescue you? Like, does an angel rescue you? Like, right. like that you didn't deserve to go there. Like that is so beyond terrifying to me. Yeah, totally. And the whole idea of hell is like, it's supposed to be like the worst place you could imagine. Right. So yeah. what do we get to see? We get to see these people like pulling their eyeballs Dude. out and pulling skin off of their face and they can't stop themselves from doing it. That's terrifying. I don't want to go there. I'm going to go on the record by saying I don't want to go there. Me me neither. And that scene in Event Horizon when they finally get the video to play back is like one of the best fucking scenes in any like horror movie ever. Loved it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Love that. Well, that was my that was my bonus <laughs> pick. Then let me uh let me throw out I, I didn't write down the exact name of it, but I was also toying with the idea of the last Starfighter ship okay, was gonna make sure. it on, on the list as well. Yep, I thought that might possibly make it on your list. Um I agree. That's another really iconic one. Really cool looking ship. I just wasn't as big a fan of that movie as some other people were, so I don't really have the nostalgic factor for that one. Uh, but I yeah. do know that ship. It's a really cool looking ship. 
Yeah, and and I I did like the ship, and I liked the movie as a kid, although I didn't love the movie, and I did pick up the Arrow Blu-ray, watched it with my wife last year. Uh, She really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too, but it's still, it just, it doesn't quite grab me, and then the ship itself, while it's awesome, I think one thing that kind of holds it back from any nostalgic love is they never made a toy of it, so the only time I got to sort of sit with the ship was in the movie, and I didn't watch that movie as much as I watched Star Wars or Tron or something like that, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah, I did want to pay homage to actually um, like a movie series because I started to think about all this stuff and I was, I was, I told you, we talked about this beforehand and you said um, your choices can be retro. They can be modern. And I told you, I'm pretty sure there won't be any modern ships on my list. And while there aren't, when I was thinking about it, I started to realize there were a bunch that could be on my list and they were all from the same movie series. They're all from guardians of the galaxy. Mm. And I just want to shout out to three ships. There could be more, but these are the three I want to key in on. Ego's ship. Mm. This <laughs> super powerful little white pod that yeah. destroys a fleet of sovereign ships with Kurt Russell riding it like a horse. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> really cool design. And I love these ships where you go into it, you go inside the ship and it's kind of like weird and nothing looks like it should and you're just kind of left to figure out what, what is what is this ship? How big is it? Is it bigger than it looks inside? Do all the rooms look the same? Um, the Milano, yeah. So the the ship that like you know Star Lord's flying around in, dude, that thing just looks badass. Like it it Beautiful. looks like a jet fighter crossed with an eagle. Um, it's got smooth lines. It's got sharp lines. I loved it for just how fast, how maneuverable that thing is. Um, complimentary colors it's yeah. uh nice blue and orange blue and yeah. orange colors love that and then if, the... if we had a if we had a top 10 the milano would have made it on there nice nice yeah and then the dark aster i mean yeah talk oh, about shitting your cool. pants if you saw that thing coming over the horizon <laughs> <What the hell>? <laughs> <laughs> he's so terrified and then that's captain by like ronin who's probably even more you know intense than the ship is but just really great ship design in that series, you know, to have very different ships, but all really, really cool, like really, really neat designs. So they didn't make my list. Even the Ravager ship was cool as hell looking too. Exactly. There's, there's so many more, like they just did such a great job in that series. So I just wanted to call out to that, even though they didn't make my list. Great, great sci-fi ship design in the guardians of the galaxy movies. Yeah, and and of course, like like you said, we we were trying to skew a little bit more nostalgic, because uh, that's what we'd sort of do here. But I mean, we got to call out Serenity uh, from the Firefly yep. series. Like that mm-hmm. was a great ship too, and at at this point, it's iconic as well. You it know, is, and yeah. I I think it's a great looking ship. It's a lot of fun, you know. And yeah, dude, everything in the Guardians of the Galaxy was fantastic. And freaking throw in you know Thor, some ships from Thor Ragnarok. I I like the MCU's sort of take on space travel because they had to make it look different than every other space franchise out there. And when you think about it, it's like, I guess like when like, you know, Star Wars was out, it's like back in the day coming out, it's like you didn't have as many sort of things to compete with. Now it's like, well, 
it can't like you know you're looking at the designer for for Guardians of the Galaxy and you're like okay well it can't look like it's from the Star Wars universe it can't look like it's from the Star Trek universe it can't look like it's from the Firefly universe like now we have just so many like space things and yet they were still able to carve out a unique design aesthetic of their own I mean every ship even the like the fighter pods in in the first one that were attacking the Dark Aster were cool looking there well I didn't think there was a single ship design in either of those movies that were lacking yeah i agree yeah i totally agree can't wait that's hard to do with number three i know yeah it's gonna be his last one unfortunately yeah well i think some things need to come to an end occasionally you know what dude (laughs) it is it's good when things do that right instead of Mm -hmm. instead of pushing on and just doing things maybe you don't want to be doing putting out stories you don't want to tell just leave it leave it concise leave it tight and it'll it'll live longer for that. I completely agree. And you know what? Uh, like you always say on Talking Back, uh, make a movie uh, complete. Don't try to start a franchise with the movie. Just make that first movie complete and then build off of it after that. I hate when they leave things on the table for you to sort of like matzo balls on the table for you to be like, oh, I want to see more of that. No, just make make it a complete film. And then if it's good enough, you can turn it into a franchise. Yep. Speaking of franchises that we all love, (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm the king of the Segway. (laughs) What is your favorite Star Wars vehicle? Spaceship, I should say. My favorite ship has captivated audiences everywhere from its very first appearance on screen. It could serve as both a forward operating base and a mobile weapon system. It was responsible for guarding multiple planets and trade routes and carried enough firepower to subdue an entire planetary system or destroy a rebel fleet. Number one on my list is the Imperial class Star Destroyer. Ooh, so not a, not a super Star Destroyer, but your your normal Imperial class Star Destroyer. I it's the normal oh. one because it's the first oh. one that you see. It's the one that just grabs my imagination. I wonder what in the hell is flying over the camera and why is it taking so long for it to show itself? And the size and scale kind of grabs me at that point. And even though they get bigger as it goes, it was my mind was already blown just by seeing the first one and how massive it was. And what a design too. Like... I mean, it's got so many elements with the the like the arrow tip design of the body to like having this weird head thing on it, and then the the balls are the the um they're like the shield generators. I mean, I know I know the I know the the star destroyer like the back of my hand because I'm used to taking out individual pieces of it in squadrons and X wing and all the games. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. dude, those were always my favorite missions when you go against a star destroyer yes. and yes. like you have to choose what parts that you need to take out of it. You know, obviously yeah. you always go for the shields first and stuff but it's got the tractor beam on it it's got weapon systems bro that thing is uh, it's just it's such a beautiful design choice in such like a striking you're an artist dude like like as an artist like it's so striking it's like it's iconic it's like i guess if you want to get into an art term the texture of it it's it's not smooth. So many ships yeah. are smooth. This has so many grooves. Like it it actually 
in the movie looks like it's built out of Lego. Like, talk about the perfect ship to actually convert over to Lego. This thing looks like it's built out of Lego. It's so interesting. It's so unique. And, like, you know, it, it was their, like, whatever, three or four foot long practical ship that they actually built and kind of just panned the camera across. It's just, it's so iconic. We've thrown the word iconic out a few times. This is the more most, more than, I mean, 10 times so far, eight, eight, nine times so far, we've thrown out the word iconic. That's fine. This is iconic. It's, it's iconic. That's, that's fine. It's all fine. It's fine. It's all fine. Just, I don't think there's many people who aren't going to recognize this ship. And the beauty of this ship is it, it is in the very first scene in A New Hope, the very first Star Wars. And it continues all the way through, all the way to the very last movie, where it's actually a focal point uh, in that in that movie. So this ship stood the test of time in this series, and for for good reason. I mean, the, the thing is so damn cool. It's just yeah, not only for how how it looks, but for what it can do. It's just a power a powerhouse, right? It's yeah. got the it's got the Tie Fighters it can deploy. It's got the Tie Bombers it can also deploy. And it's got like the the tie, um, like the ships that will bo- the tie boarding ships as well. Yeah. So it can do it can do everything. It can. It's got everything covered. And the first one we saw, Darth Vader's on it. <laughs> now, what are what are your thoughts on the Super Star Destroyer? I like the Super Star Destroyer. I like all the Star Destroyers. Um, this one, I mean. To, to be honest with you, the first one on my list was Vader's, uh, the executor. Yeah. That, that mm-hmm. was on my list. Um, mm-hmm. But then I thought, what is it about this ship that I love? And it's not that it's Darth Vader's ship. It's that when I was a kid, when I saw this giant ship for the first time, I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the idea of it. Um, so I had to just go back to the original, just the the very first one even though it's probably the smallest compared to all the ones that came in the future, this was the one that kind of has the most meaning and impact for me. So that's why I went with this one. I I love all the different designs. I think they do a really cool job of like changing how this looks, but keeping the same, you know, triangular form. And Mm -hmm. I know even after, you know, into some later designs, they stray from the triangular design. But one of the things I think they, they do with this, the design of the Star Destroyer is they keep trying to make it bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, because the first one was so big, they feel like the only way they can improve it is to make it bigger. And they just get to the the point where their ships are so huge, it's almost like, like, uncomprehendable. Like, yeah. how big some of these ships are. So, I just, like, just wanted to take it right back. You know, the first one, it's huge. It's massive. Um, and it was the first one that I saw, so that's 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 why I chose it. I, I had a, a model. I had a, a Star Destroyer model when I was a kid. It felt huge, you know, to me as a kid, but it, it was big. I mean, it was probably about, I'm probably like two feet long, but when you're a kid, that's that's massive. Oh, it's huge. Um, all, yeah, it's, yeah it's, you're like, oh my God, this is crazy. Uh, loved it. Um, loved the Super Star Destroyer as well. Um, I mean, I love everything. I love fucking the, the Tantive Four, you know? Like, I think that's a cool-ass ship. The Millennium Falcon looks cool. The X-Wings look cool, you know? That's, that's what's awesome about Star Wars, man. Every 
everything looks so damn cool, but at the same time, so different than Star Trek, you know? Like, it has an aesthetic, and you know when you see it. You're like, that's Star Wars, or that's not Star Wars when you see it. And yeah, dude, the, 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 the Star Destroyer is so very Star Wars. And I remember one of the... I remember the first time I looked through one of those cross-section books, um, and they had the Death Star, and the Death Star actually housed multiple Star Destroyers in it, and you kind of didn't see it. And I was like, damn, so when they blew that thing up, they also blew up a couple Star Destroyers, too. Like, that's insane. But yeah, dude, like, just talk about, like, like intimidating. And then... You, you look in, you watch in Rogue One, and the fact that they had a Star Destroyer in orbit, like, like hanging out over Jetta City, I was like, that is so cool looking. So cool, so cool. Dude, just so that. awesome to see that, you know? And yeah, I, I love all that shit, man. I love seeing the hangars. I love seeing what it looks like in the hangars and, you know, and, and what's going on in there. And I love, I love any time that you can, like, in a, in a Star Wars game, can, like, board one of the capital ships, like, a, yeah. a you know, Star Destroyer. Like, that shit's so cool to me. Yeah, um, yeah dude. I, and the funny thing is, the weird thing is, like, truly... The Star Destroyer didn't even like pop up on my radar, but when you said it, I was like, oh shit. I kind of feel like I would have gone, like I should have gone with that too, you know? Like if maybe if the list was longer, you know? But I was like, yeah, yeah. you're right, dude. Star Destroyer is beautiful. Fucking thing of beauty. It is a thing of beauty. Now, good pick. It, it is considered, like in the Star Wars universe, it's considered one of the most resource heavy ships to create. Mm. And it was estimated a few years ago. That to actually build one now, it would cost $636 billion to build and another $44 trillion to actually launch it into space. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd, so, have to, uh, you'd have to build it in space. And then, and then, <laughs> yeah. Right, you have to build but it yeah. in space. But, um, so all I want to say to that is, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I thought too. I was like, that doesn't sound so Let's bad. Actually. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, do it. Let's build one. <laughs> oh, good pick, man. Good fucking pick, bro. Oh, I love, I love that shit, man. Um, but not as much as I love. <laughs> uh, let's hear it. You know what it is, baby. I, I do. I used the the GIF uh, to kick off um, uh, Aliens Day on 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 Instagram for Pad's Instagram, and baby, we're in the we're in the pipe five by five, and I am of course talking about the UD four Cheyenne dropship. Um, what can I say? I I literally look at that shot of it flying in with the wings opening. Every time I watch that, I get goosebumps. I look at, I could just stare at it for hours looking at it. Um, I like how familiar it looks, but yet also otherworldly. You know, it looks very much like a spaceship, but very much like a familiar sort of thing. It's because of that sort of like helicopter style cockpit or whatever. But checks off all the boxes for me man like I love that I, I love that there's a co-pilot I love I always love two-seater things um, I love that that it has that those wings bring out these missile racks and it's supposed to look like a wasp you know when when you're looking at it straight on the design of it is sort of like waspy um, like the the bee uh, and that's sort of what they designed it off of but so when 
I, I've, I've, I've been very open about this. Aliens, I saw it at, at a completely wrong age, too, way too young. I was like eight years old. And I begged my dad to take me to see it because of the Time Magazine article that I saw at my granddad's house. And one of the few pictures that they show in the article is the profile of the dropship entering through the clouds. And I'm sure, there, I think there's also the shot of Newt or something in it with the, the, the xenomorph coming out of the water. Like, you know, some, some good publicity shots. But that shot of the dropship is the single reason I asked my dad to take me to see the movie because I was like, this thing am is amazing and I don't know why because I'm eight years old and I don't know why I love it so much, but I do. And now when I watch it, dude, I love everything about it. I love, you know, Pharaoh. I love Spunkmeyer. I love just the way it looks. I love, you know, just everything, man. I love that ship. I think it's so just beautiful, inspired, just it's fun, fun to watch on screen, and yet still feels believable, still feels like it could exist. And then on top of it, on top of everything, I love Gatling guns. It's got a Gatling gun right in the fucking oh, hell front. Yeah. Hell yeah. And man. then cherry, cherry on on the icing on the cake, cherry on top is that it drops off my favorite ground vehicle from any movie ever. The APC. I'm like, mm -hmm. it's like they're like fucking peanut butter and chocolate, man. They go together perfectly. <laughs> I know you love aliens and I know you love the dropship. Give, give me some love, man. Th throw some love at me for the dropship. Now, that's a great call. Uh, I knew it was going to be on your list, so I left it off mine. Um, th that whole just visual of those wings opening up with the missiles. So many, so many missiles. So many That's just missiles. burnt in my mind. It's so cool. Like, this ship is so formidable and for, like, the right reasons. Like, it needs to be formidable. You need that on, on that ship. Like you said, the Gatling gun. You need those missiles. Um, we talked a little bit before about all these ships that are kind of, like, angular and sharp. This one was rounded. It's a rounded ship. There's nothing really sharp on it. So I feel like that was pretty unique for the time that this movie came out. That's, you know, that's probably not what other movies were doing. And just even having like those wings pop out like that and having a big kind of like square with missiles on the end, for some reason in my mind, I'm always just folding those back in and noticing how perfectly everything fits. Almost like yeah. I'm transforming a transformer toy and I want it all to make sense. And it does. Um, just really cool. Uh, I like that you can see the cockpit, like, you know, it's a smaller ship, but mm -hmm. still it's large enough to carry this whole team and the, um, the APC and like, yeah, it's just, it's, I just wish there was more of it in the movie. I feel yeah. like that ship got wronged in the movie. You know, they needed to give us a bit more, but that movie had a small budget for what they were doing. And we were lucky to get, you know, as much as we did from that ship. But I would watch a movie based on that ship, 100%. <laughs> I want to see that ship just cruising around from planet to planet, getting into trouble and getting out of it.
I always wanted to see what it looked like uh, to have like colonial Marines fighting other colonial Marines, you know, oh, not yeah, just that'd be cool. But, yeah. Like I wanted to see in like in comic book form or even in like, you know, video game form or something. Cause I just want to see like drop ships, you know, like kind of like how you saw in starship troopers with a bunch of drop ships coming down. I just want to see a bunch of these Cheyennes just flying in, yeah. pulling out their missiles, just like just destroying the ground in front of them, oh, dropping, cool. you know, dropping off the APC and then pulling back off. Like it's such a cool fucking idea. And like all the aesthetic in that movie, it's it just feels like it can exist now, but yet you you yeah. can tell it can't because there's too much like tech and stuff. But it looks like it could, you know, the the Colonial Marine armor, the the APC, everything. You're like, yeah, it's it's futuristicy and everything, but it looks so current, and that is such a hard thing to do. Now, of course, like. You know, Sid Mead, uh, uh, the late great Sid Mead, uh, designed a lot of that tech and everything uh, with James Cameron. Kind of, they did it in tandem. And I was gonna actually mention it in, in when you're talking about the um, the derelict ship. I always liked the fact that like Sid Mead like designed the the Nostromo and stuff, but then H.R. Giger designed like the derelict ship. And I like having two different people designing things because it you can tell you can just like it's so yeah. different, you know. Yeah. Um, but as different as different as the Nostromo is from the derelict ship is how cohesive and uh, encompassing the the Salako, the APC and the and the and the the dropship all fit together. Do you know what I mean? Like yep. that's they, they, it's so cohesive. It just feels so real. And uh, and not to mention the Salako, dude. That's another fucking great ass ship. I know that's a badass ship, dude. It looks like Did a machine gun. <laughs> it does. It does. And and uh, you know, I know you've you've seen the newest Blade Runner, right? Twenty forty nine. Oh, I love that movie. Okay, and did you see the Slacko style ship that was actually in it uh, when they were? Uh, it was it was in the scene where um, was it Harrison Ford? is in the car and they're flying over the water and it's going to kind of lead to that climactic fight sort of in the water, but they're okay. flying sort of out of the city. There's a giant Salakos-style ship there. I, I don't remember seeing that ship, no, but I, I remember that scene. I'll, I'll keep an eye out for it next time. So check that out. And Ridley Scott says, canonically, the Blade Runner universe and the Aliens universe are the same universe. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's uh, because I want to. I, I know, I know. Get your it gets your gears turning Holy because smokes, you start yeah. thinking about like like all the people that left Earth in Blade Runner. You're like, oh, so is that like colonies? Like, are those you, you know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, interesting, interesting. Right, but right. Cool. keep keep your eye out, dude. In in Blade Runner 2049, you'll see a. It's not the Slacko, but it's that style of ship. You know. Nice. I know that's Dean, one of Dean's top 10 movies, so that yeah. one will for sure be hitting our feet at some point, just whenever oh. we decide to cover a movie that's like two hours and 40 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Which is not course. tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> not tonight, guys. Not tonight. <laughs> oh, dude. This was awesome. I knew you were going to be the right person to, to, to talk to about this. I am surprised as hell that you've never seen The Explorers uh, or yeah, man, Robotech too. for, <laughs> I for know, that matter. Hell. I knew you would bring some new knowledge to me, though. I know <laughs> if I know anything from listening to the the podcasting after dark <laughs> podcast, 
podcast <laughs> is that you were going to bring something new to the table for me. And I was excited to hear it. And I loved it, man. It was a great time. Oh, dude. Me, me too, buddy. Me too. Uh, I'm going to have old Diener on uh, uh, at some point soon, and I think we're going to do armor. Um, so we're going to have a lot of fun with that one. And uh, yeah, dude, I anytime you want to talk about Star Trek, I don't have an outlet for Star Trek. I, I would love to actually talk about it, but I am a little intimidated because I am not as knowledgeable as you and your roundtable are, and uh, I I would be terrified to go against you all. Like, doesn't one of your friends actually have like a like a blueprint tattoo on him? Oh, like, of, he of does. A... Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. <laughs> That's awesome. Gorgeous tattoo. Well, what... of the Enterprise. And the Enterprise. Okay, I was good. Yeah. Which uh, which Enterprise is it? Is it just the classic one? The original? I think it. Yeah, I think it's the uh, the NCC one seven zero one. And before we wrap this up, dude, before we do, can I just ask you, what is your favorite Starfleet ship? Okay, so I, I had put a little bit of thought into it because that's kind of where I started with my Star Trek um, ships. I would probably have to go with the Enterprise from the 2009 reboot. Oh, oh, okay. The J.J. The Abrams one. The J.J. Abrams one. They made that ship beautiful. Yeah. So they kind of played off the original, but made it look, you know, they modernized it. They made it look cool. The bridge is so clean. It's so Ooh. white. Like light is just glistening off the floor. Um, I'd probably have to go with that one. I just, I'm in, I'm in love with that ship. It's funny because I love that movie, by the way. I think that was a fantastic way to sort of reboot things and everything. Um, I think that movie is damn near perfect. Uh, but it's, it's interesting because... You know, I look at Discovery, I look at, at, at that show and everything, and then as I was, you know, Googling the Excelsior class, uh, you know, some pictures of the bridge came up, and I'm just like, the set is so small compared to even the original Star Trek stuff. You go and look at it now, and if you compare it to the things that I just said, the set is tiny compared to, to the newer stuff, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, unfortunately, but yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, and then that answers my question. Cause I was actually going to focus further and say, which, what's your favorite enterprise. So, so that one's your favorite. And I've always liked the, the Star Trek, the movie, uh, version of the Interpre- enterprise. I thought that was a, a great upgrade. Uh, but yeah. probably I loved the, the, the neon blue, uh, dish that it has in, in that one, oh, or yeah. like the light that's kind of like behind the dish or something, yeah, you know, like that's yeah, classic. Yeah. yeah. It it's looks awesome. like a, that one looks like a phaser. It looks like they just it put does. a larger phaser onto the bottom of the ship it's it's cool it does it does and, and if you guys aren't checking out discovery they do a great job because it's a prequel they do a great job of like making the phasers look like the old school like pr- like star trek the original star trek phasers and stuff they do a good job of like making it fit and everything so i'm just yep. excited to talk about star trek buddy well you <laughs> know what man we're to. gonna have you on then we gotta have you on i don't <laughs> want to deprive someone of being able to talk about Star Trek. So if you don't have an outlet, Corey, I'm inviting you right now on the podcast. We'll figure out what we're going to talk about. Dean on the podcast just weeks ago, self-proclaimed himself as a Trekkie. Uh, I converted him. (laughs) We'll get you on. We'll have a lot of fun talking about something Star Trek, whatever it may be. 
And, and can I say that in that episode, I was yelling, I was yelling audibly out loud. I was yelling, in, I was yelling, oh shit, now I can, in, NCC 171701, like, yes. you know, when Dean was trying to get the, I was yelling, I was like, Dean, 1701, come on. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Oh, oh guys and gals, if, if you don't know it, I love talking back. Please, Tim, uh, plug it again. Where, where can everybody find you? Uh, what, you know, social media and stuff, where are you most active and everything? And, and of course, anything Tim says, I will have all the links in the uh, episode notes so you can follow them. But please go check out Tim wherever he says that he's at. Yeah, if you're on social media and you want to check us out or uh, drop us a line, we love uh, we love talking to listeners. We love uh, just chatting about chatting about stuff. So we are at TalkBackPod on uh, all the social medias that we're on. And yeah. You can find us on your favorite podcatcher. We release an episode every Monday, something uh, something new and fun to start your week off. And then every once in a while, we'll drop a Friday double feature for you. And yeah, that's, that's it. If you like movies, comics, video games, or more, check us out. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to hear uh, Zach and I, we were on the double feature talking about Judgment Night. Um, that will probably pop up on this feed at some point in the future. I'm sort of uh, sitting on it for, for there's a bunch of stuff happening with my family this summer. So I, I want to launch that at some point. But if, if, if I don't need it, I'll launch it as a bonus episode because it was such a fun conversation about a great movie. And uh, I think you guys are all going to like it. But before I do that, just go listen to it on on Talking Back's feed. G- give them the listen. Uh, give them the download, please, because it, th- they deserve it. Um, it's, a, it's a show that I listen to. If I'm not listening to it as my very first episode that I'm listening to that day, the only reason I'm not is because I can't pay attention, and I want to be able to pay attention. But these guys have been banging out some fantastic content for a while now and uh you i I just i love i love the analysis you guys do Uh, i love the the tidbits of information that you guys bring to the table but more so than that what really brings me back is i love yours and dean's dynamic uh, I think you guys are absolute. It's just it's it's like the perfect pairing. Uh, it, Dean has this like fun, naive like sort of a, a viewpoint on things because he hasn't seen a lot of the movies that you bring to the table, and uh, and it's just it's a great dynamic. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I think you guys deserve all all the respect and 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 just all the success. Uh, and I am beyond honored to be in the same network as as you guys. Court, you're way too kind, my friend. We, <laughs> we appreciate that so much. You're, uh, you've been a great supporter of ours, and um, we thank you for that. We're huge fans of your podcast as well. We love what uh, you and Zach are doing. So, uh, yeah, we're we're happy to be in the podcast network with everybody. Just everybody's so great in the network. Um, everybody's doing just you know things that are so similar but yet so different. And and you'd kind of mentioned before how. Uh, we all have a different dynamic. Like we've covered the same materials and the podcasts, the episodes are completely different. And I, yeah. I love listening. If you guys drop something and the blast from our past drop the same content, I'm going to listen to the same. I'm going to listen to those episodes because what, you know, what the point of views are and what, what the touch points are, are completely different. And it's, it's all yeah. a bunch of fun. So if you see crossover episodes in the network, like we're covering the same content, Check it all out because it's, yeah. it's just all, it's all awesome. And yeah, thanks again, my friend. 
Oh, dude. Anytime, my friend. And I, I, I'm sorry it's been so long that we've done a watch list. But we did do the Mortal Kombat uh, episode. Oh, that movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ugh, right. And if you guys haven't listened to that Mortal Kombat episode, I say just go listen to a Talking Back episode instead. Much more fun. <laughs> what, more fun than our uh, our roundtable? No, well, I mean, I, I, I love the, the, the round table was fun, round but table the movie itself oh, was Oh, don't was watch trash. the movie. Listen to our <laughs> no. round table. The BFOP <laughs> Network round table on that movie, that's a ball of fun. <laughs> exactly, but don't watch the fucking movie. Don't watch Fuck the movie. Fuck that no. shit. <laughs> <laughs> and Tim, you need to go watch Explorers, my friend. You have to watch Sounds that like soon, it. So. Sounds like it. All right, guys and gals, please check out Talking Back. Please check out everything on the BFOP network. Check out Action Action. Check out Blast from Our Past. Uh, check out uh, Throwback Trivia Takedown. And, and and also check out People Don't Forget. And check out Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. Everything is good. It's all ha- We're all having fun over at the BFOP network. And uh, you can find all those links on BFOP.com. And I, again, have all the links in the show notes. So, Tim, thank you again. And uh, as always... We'll catch you on the dark side. Join the Podcasting After Dark Patreon community to unlock exclusive monthly content like cast interviews and a fan feedback show. Plus, you get every regular episode of Podcasting After Dark completely ad-free. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us five stars on Apple Podcasts and by recommending us to your friends. Finally, make sure you follow us on Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook for news and updates about future episodes. Just search for Podcasting After Dark. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, Dean. hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays, and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then... Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Talking back.